This is the Get A Life Podcast, X-Cult Conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Get A Life Podcast, X-Cult Conversations. We are here today with Carmen and Ben is joining in as a guest today. Um, So welcome, Ben. We have um, a lot of things that we're going to try and cover with One School Global and some stuff from the PBC Frank News. But first of all, we just going to touch briefly on uh, Ben had a death threat that happened to him. And so I'll let Ben just kind of give an update on that and where that all went went after it happened. So, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Well, thank you. I'm alive, safe <laughs> and well. Um, and yes. Seriously, though, I did. I had a death threat, as most of you are probably aware, and I have it recorded. So um, I went to the police, and the police have taken it very seriously. And I've explained my situation, and I have even shown them um, screenshots of previous abusive messages that I've received in helping people leave. Obviously, people get heated and send me messages, so I've got those to sort of give it credit or clout. Um, and so they have taken it very seriously and they, yeah, it's a work in progress once, once we find out who it is, it just, it's a bit of a process because that, that was obviously a no caller ID. So what the police do, and if you're listening and in the brethren, you are not protected because you call on no caller ID, you, everyone, everything's traceable. That's the beauty of technology. Um, so they, basically reach out to my service provider who reaches out to the service provider that contacted them with that number and time and then they get the number and then the person um and then we take it from there but that's an update perfect thanks and i and i will i will update with who it was because obviously i will be getting that person charged and yeah i'll keep you updated yeah so i mean as and fallible as they feel in there right they're you know, we do, we take these things seriously. A hundred percent. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's important that we do take these things mm-hmm. seriously. And anybody that is listening that has, has been threatened or anything at all, you, you must take these things seriously because it is just one, um, you know, it might not be the general uh, consensus or that I, I don't believe there was a hit out on me, but I do believe that it's one fanatic. It's one extremist. And that's, we've had that scenario over and over with the mass shootings. It's not, Christianity as a whole, it's one extreme Christian that's gone and shot up a nightclub in Orlando or whatever it was, you know, that, that there are people that will take it that extreme and you have to take these things seriously. And I think that's the thing that Bruce doesn't realize is that there, I mean, we've heard from the insides over the last couple of weekends and the last little bit of how extreme he's getting with his fervent prayers of our silencing and um, removals that he needs to watch himself. He's got to watch himself because all it takes is one teenager who's been drinking or who's fed up or who's frustrated and goes out and does his job, right? Like he's, and Bruce will be held responsible for it all. We'll make sure of that. A hundred percent. And you cannot, and this is what I've explained to my uncle when I helped a young girl escape and I had a very abusive message and and very abusive um, interactions physically with the father and the mother showing up to all of our workplaces and going nuts, basically. And I had this conversation with my uncle saying, 
you know, he needs to take accountability and blah, blah, blah. And they, they came back with this email and I, I should actually share this at some stage, but saying that um, we don't condone this. We, we do not. He acted on his own accord. He is not representative of the brethren. But the issue is here. You can't take and control somebody's whole life like you do and not take accountability or responsibility for the bad things. You can't just be like sharing photos of them as good Christian, you know, peculiar people, zealous for good works, out doing the rapid relief team work, RRT, you know, these good people representing um, the, the Plymouth Brethren and only take responsibility for that because you control their whole life. So you have to take accountability and responsibility when they act out on, you know, they're acting out because of they think their daughter is being snatched by the devil that's your faith that instilled that belief in them and therefore they're acting on that. And so especially when yeah, especially when he is so loud right now with asking for the removal of us and the removal of the posers and the silence of opposers. Like when you put those words into 50,000 different minds, those 50,000 different minds are going to interpret that and you get one you take one Bruce Hale's lover who just wants to go out there and do the job for him, right? Like, it's just, that's what he just needs to realize how careful he needs to be with what he's implementing in his services. Yeah. And he, he's really got nothing to lose. Like to him, he's got nothing to lose. Like yeah. he's got a myriad of men that literally for want of a better expression, expression, literally ask Krull to try and get the next position closest to him. So they will, you know, and I remember my priest saying to me, I would die for our brother. So it's that mentality that yeah. is instilled in you from youth. You know, exactly. you will, yeah. you will be a Christian crusader. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's important to, you know, if you call yourself a mainstream Christian church, praying for the removal or the silencing of people is completely contrary to Christianity. Yeah. Christianity yeah. says you pray for your enemies. You, you know, you pray for their restoration or their changing of their minds. Not the removal or the silencing. That is completely contrary to any mainstream Christian church there is. And I, I think it's such an important thing to touch on, particularly if you're inside the Brethren listening to this. Okay, it's it's me speaking. You can have your opinion and, and call me an apostate. I will happily take that label. I'm I'm comfortable with that. But you've got to look at the facts. You are and you have been advised. And I, I experienced that myself growing up, having special prayer meetings to pray for the removal of apostates or opposers. But that very action you're teaching your children is highly toxic and highly problematic for a child to grow up thinking that's okay if somebody doesn't, you know, isn't aligning with my beliefs, I can pray for their removal. This is how you get a, a society that is so toxic, homophobic, um, racist, and misogynistic, and, and very that don't accept any other religion but their own because you're instilling these beliefs from a child to pray for the removal of, which is essentially the death of, the murder of. Yeah. So you've got to think if, you're, if you've got kids and you're in there, what are you raising your, your children in a society like that for? Um, I, think, I think it's an important thing to think about. And I think this is what this whole podcast is kind of geared towards today, is more towards... Um, having the parents look at what their children are in, right? What do you want your children around? Um, we've got some explicit stuff that we want to share with you. So this is definitely, you know, viewer discretion is required with what we're going to show and talk about. But it's just for all those people in there that are listening to this, it's just sit back with 
an, an open mind and be like, is this what I want my child around? Is this what I want my children hearing? Is this what, what I want my children? Are these the guests that I want my, my children to be having at school? That's what we want you to all have. So Ben has had, yeah. um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say on that too, like take us, we're just messengers. We're just delivering what we're presented with and what we've seen. Yes, we have our own opinions on that, but you can form your own from this. And what we're presenting today is some messages like uh, that we've received from outsiders, not from us that have left, not from ex-members, from outsiders that have witnessed this. And these are your children they're talking about. These are the environments in which you're you're putting your children in and keeping them in. Yeah, so we're going to start off. So Ben started a TikTok account, um, what, a couple months ago? Um, yes. Yeah, and yes. it's, it, it's, it's doing very well. <laughs> it's exploding with everybody reaching out to him. Um, so we are going to, we're going to start off and we're going to just share some messages that Ben's received to start with. And these messages, obviously I've kept the usernames and the people at their discretion just to protect them because obviously they've all witnessed the death threat thing and, and are a bit nervous. And excuse me, I do have a lot of other people that have reached out, um, which I haven't shared yet, but this is just a couple. Um, I just got to figure out how to make this a full screen. <laughs> oh, here we go. We can see it full screen. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you explain yeah. this one. So I I'll put my glasses on, <laughs> my good set of eyes. <laughs> um, so somebody reached out to me and basically said she's happy for me to share this. She witnessed this and other teachers have witnessed this. This is here in Australia. And it kind of hit close to home to me because obviously I, she told me other details. So I know who this was and I knew this family. Um, so basically she says, Hey, I'm a kindy teacher. And when I was at uni placement, there were several brethren attending the school, um, children, apparently a big deal due to the rules, but they had things in place. Like they could only have their meals at their own table, et cetera, which, you know, if you went to a, a public school, you were like, I was taken home for lunch. This is, this was normal. Anyway, I witnessed highly sexualized play from these children that was well above their not level of knowledge could be, which made it obvious that they witnessed or experienced sexual encounters. I brought it up with a mentor teacher and she said they were well aware and reporting it constantly to child protection, but nothing was happening as a result. Is this, and she's asked, is this something that is common? Is there a lot of hidden sexual assault of children? Um, or is this a once off thing? Um, and then she goes on to the next slide <clears throat> to explain that the kids were basically only play together, excluded from other play, just played a really um, messed up family. And knowing what I know about child development and play, this wasn't good. The poor teachers that had to watch, there was and, and knowing that there was nothing that was happening, I, I was there for two weeks and it affected me, Yet, let alone being there for a year or two. The, the parents would basically say when they reported it to the parents, um, which I'll explain more about that. Um, they would say, oh, it's just kids being kids. We'll talk to them. But I don't know if you can see, but it says from the picture, but down below, it says it, role, they were literally role-playing oral sex on dolls, which is not but kids being kids at all. So I knew this family and they were moved and kept together whilst it's obvious from this that one of the, the parents or someone they were close to were being sexually abused. And just because I know more about the story, I know it was one of the parents. 
and the brethren kept them together. And they, and this is the issue, I think, and that this is why we're bringing it up, is that that there is no reporting or no, it's not taken seriously. It's not, they aren't, from, from what we've seen, they aren't um, child, you can report something to child protection services or something like, like those organisations here in Australia in particular, yet from what I've heard, they, they can't do any more than alert the parent and it's really hard and it's a really difficult thing to navigate because often, more often than not, is one of the parents and in this case it was. So they just up and move them to another school and which is what they did. You know, they were brought up here to New South Wales to somewhere very close to me. And again, you witnessed a very dysfunctional family being held together because the brethren don't allow divorce. They don't allow this, um, what would be not considered normally in the real world to either report this and have that parent put in, dealt with like properly. Um, and at the end of the day, it's the children that suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next one here. You've got another. Okay, this was another person that reached out saying, Hi Ben, I have a little insight into the cult. I'm a teacher, 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 and and then she goes on to say, I'm only just discovered your TikTok and making my way through your videos. You made one about where you discussed children being sent to live with other families. We used to live, we used to have, sorry, posters up in classrooms at the school that outlined behavioural management. Um, the ultimate punishment for a non-compliant student, this is in the brethren schools, this is the schools that you brethren send your kids to. The ultimate punishment for a non-compliant student was for them to be sent to another campus. I remember being horrified that the other teachers, all non-brethren, of course, weren't disturbed by it. I also watched the video where you responded to someone who has worked for a brethren and suggested that they didn't know what was going, that I didn't know what was going on because I had left seven years ago and things have changed. The absolute worst thing about working at a brethren school where the people who work there have no insight into what is going on. And I explained in that video, basically, of course, you're not going to see the worst of the brethren. They put on their best face or best front at work because they are literally held accountable by outsiders because they're working with them. Um, the, so and they, from, from my perspective, the community members are brainwashed and really don't know any better. After a few years, I came to believe that the only, this is such an interesting point to note. The, after a few years, and this woman's opinion, she said, after a few years, I came to believe that the only people who can successfully work in that environment are those that hold similar beliefs, i.e. a racist, um, sexist, or homophobic. So next next slide. So that was a really interesting point. And to have that, like, from an ex-teacher of a one school to say that, because she she was explaining that she was like, how do people stay in these schools? How do people stay in these environments where particularly schools, because I guess the workplace, you're not really coming across, you're coming across people, you're not dealing with um, children that are, you know, growing up and exploring or finding out about themselves. You're dealing with adults that have been brainwashed for years, basically. So working in a school environment would be a lot different because you're, you're growing, you're basically teaching children. Um, learning who are curious and and it was a really interesting point that she said that uh, the only people who can successfully work in those environments are people that hold similar beliefs that are racist sexist or homophobic 
I just thought, actually, that's true that I 100% believe that because I think about the teachers that I grew up, like when I went to one school or MET, they called it back then, the teachers that have stayed there are, would be of similar beliefs. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really interesting. And I've had conversations with teachers that have left that I'm friends with now and they, they share, it's just the same thing said a different yeah. way. Yeah. Very interesting point. <clears throat> I think we had a, an interesting conversation um, along that same line with a with a principal, and she said she was the sixth principal in five years. And you know, you ask her like, what would cause that much turnover, um, in in even a higher paid position like a principal? And she said, well you have to realize that this teaching environment is so harsh um, because you either have to conform to the brethren rules and ideology or you don't succeed. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. So there's, there's somebody quite high up in one school that was a teacher at my school and an interesting observation that some teachers that have made to said to me their opinion um, is that she has this teacher that that is now high up in one school is literally being brainwashed by the brethren. She's literally like a clone brethren, but just not brethren. That was just uh -huh. really interesting observation to make. I'm like, yes, they would have got her at a vulnerable stage in her life and made it better by money or a position of power. Um, and yeah, there you've, you've got it. Her next it statement is here is very familiar. It's, I mean, a lot of people who either work for the brethren or the principals and teachers all say this next part that she says here. She talks about all power to you. I feel scarred just from working there and wish I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think she goes on to the next slide. I think there's more to it as yeah, well. This is the next one. Yeah. So she said, it must have been, um, she said, I remember when I first started working there, the year nine students. So these are kids that are 14, 15 years old, created videos for their health class that were played at a, in an assembly. The videos were to educate about the dangers of drink driving. Nobody but me seemed even slightly concerned that the kids were not only drinking beers, but also actually driving the car. These are children, underage drinking and underage driving. Um, there was not even an adult supervising, so no way at all was it legal. The health teacher also received a phone call from the Victorian police here in Australia because one of the kids had contacted them asking to borrow the police car. The, the audacity <laughs> they don't wear seat belts and more than once i had to report a student on his l plate driving a school bus full of kids while the mum that should have been driving next slide i think she was sitting in the back um was the mum that should have been driving was sitting in the back with it while another student sat in the passenger seat with a baby on their lap um which really reminds like re makes me think about the incident that we've all just heard about where um, the young guy killed from reckless drink driving, killed other family members, which is, you know, every year I feel like we hear about something like that, the dangers, the the, the toxic um, cult drinking culture within the brethren. And then she said, she goes on to here to talk about something really interesting. Some of the kids were so anxious at school, it was heartbreaking. I often find myself wondering if the whole religion isn't just some elaborate tax evasion scheme. 
She's not the first to have, make, have that opinion. Am I right thinking that all businesses are actually centrally owned? Well, you know, that's an interesting, another interesting observation. I can't remember what it's called, but they have a big training facility in Sydney. I think she'd be referring to UBT. The schools do in-house professional development in the same place, full of middle-aged men and unmarried girls bringing them tea. Very disturbing. Well, let's just hope it's tea. I've heard they do have a scotch trolley every now and then, but, you know, that that may be hearsay. I used to get so frustrated with the teachers who would work there and happily turn a blind eye. They shouldn't be allowed to run their own school. They don't maintain proper duty of care. At one point, there was a bit of a romance happening between two year 12 students. I approached the school leaders as it was clear the girl particularly and the sisters and the cousins of the students involved were all being ostracized and bullied by the whole school. Nothing was done by the school teachers. The girl was eventually taken into a meeting with a CA, a brethren man. There was no situation. There is no, this is so important to know because this is, this sort of stuff used to happen to me with the brethren CAs or the brethren principals. There is no situation in a normal school where a female student would have a meeting with a male alone. She came out very distressed. They threatened to send her to live interstate with another family. And this is really like their go-to with, you know, children misbehaving. I remember an incident where I was, you know, a naughty kid and multiple times where I was taken to that office with the brethren CA or, or principal, they used to call it back then. And he would sit on the opposite side of the desk and literally bully you into tears and threaten you with all sorts of ways that shouldn't be, you shouldn't be threatened with. Like it, it's, it's not religion. Like, so you can't do that. And that's up to the parents like it's a school and I know it might be a religious school, but to, to sit there and threaten, you know, all sorts of like eternal damnation and, and the rapture, you know, you want to be here for the rapture, like to a, a kid in year seven was really traumatizing. Um, and then she goes on to say, there are so many dodgy situations, teachers being sacked for mandatory reporting students with unexplained injuries, mothers who even knew who everyone knew were being abused, but nobody did anything to help. Another student reported to a teacher not me, that they were questioning their sexuality and shared that information and shared information that gave the teacher reason for them to be concerned for their well-being. Despite it being a legal requirement, that teacher couldn't do anything for a fear of revealing this to the brethren would put the kid in more danger. So that's another really important point. Like I remember growing up in the brethren school and obviously I knew I was I was gay. At, I knew that at nine, but questioning your sexuality and and having nobody to talk to about it and even hinting at it to a teacher, nothing was done further because they're too afraid that the, the fear that the brethren have over these teachers because they'll lose their jobs. Um, and and also it doesn't look good if you, that they wouldn't like, you, you can't like losing a job in, in, in a professional industry is hard enough, let alone something like a school. Like that, it, it, yeah, it can carry a bit of an ambiguity as to why you lost your job. Um, and would be a very hard one to explain. Like, why would you have worked there in the first place, I guess? Um, so, yeah, it's, there's some very real concerns from it. And this, the point I want to make here is these are just two examples I've shared out of the myriad of messages. To give you some idea of numbers, one of the videos I posted has had like 1.1 million views. I haven't even gotten back to all of the messages, questions, around all of this like 
there have been so many people reach out, not just from Australia, because this is obviously a worldwide reach, like from UK, from everywhere. And it's it's really disturbing because the general common denominator here is the same. These these schools are extremely homophobic, they're extremely racist, they're extremely misogynistic, and so are the teachings, and so are the the people they kind of you know prefer to employ. Um, it seems to be the general opinion of one school global. And it seems that like from our conversations that we've had with principals and teachers, is it seems to be that the the boys get away with a lot and the kids i mean the kids get away with a lot in in a sense right because the children the children have their parents to protect them and especially if your parents are high up on the hierarchy system um you pretty much can get away with anything and those teachers and principal can't do anything about it that's what we were told like that's our one of our last conversations that we had with the principal that was what it was and she also told us that um that they're not allowed to give out grades less than 50%. She said like they could go in there and put a little dot on a piece of paper and they you have to give them 50% for that. Well, I'm a little bit annoyed that that wasn't in place when I was in school. <laughs> right? I <laughs> appreciated that, particularly in maths. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going through some of the notes that we just took. From- that, that again is... is, is- brethren manipulating the curriculum i remember having a conversation with the teacher about in science like it was a very like hard topic you know where were we allowed to, to study or in year 11 12 were we not and i remember like parts of of the curriculum where it talks about evolution like charles darwin theory we literally were told the name and that is it like it was never we were and the, I remember the fear of the teacher trying to teach it to us and I knew I knew about this topic and I knew how to do it was so I was inquisitive for that reason and it just really yeah highlighted how much the brethren edit or manipulate the curriculum to serve their thought like their teaching their way of life. And we'll come back to this in a little bit because we're actually, we're going to talk about Massimo today. And actually one of the things that he accredited accredited the PBCC to doing is he accredited them that they even taught the Darwin theory, right? He actually says that they, that they do that. So I could just imagine um, how little of it that they teach, right? Yes. Yeah. One of the teachers that I remember that one teacher that we spoke to, we asked her what, as and she was an ex-staff member at that point, we asked her what was the most demoralizing thing that you found about working at one of these schools. And she said the, the, the number one gripe that she had is teaching young girls and young boys. The young girls were undoubtedly the smartest young ladies she had ever taught. And they would come into the classroom with these goals of, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. Veterinarian. Yeah. Watch them and follow them for a couple of years. And as they grew up inside the church, they realized they would never be a doctor. They would never be a nurse. And then watching them accept this and, and just quit striving to do so good because they were never going to go anywhere. They're only, their only hope in life was to either be a secretary for their husband or to be a stay-at-home mom or a, you know, a brethren. Some sort of a driver. position inside the brethren, yeah. Yeah, like they never are allowed to go to university. So they'll never be doctors, nurses, 
And she said it was Harvard quality brightness. Like she said, Harvard quality that some of these girls had. Yeah. Definitely. I can vouch for that. The girls in my class were particularly bright. They were, the girls in my class were the smartest, like amongst the smartest women I've met. Like, and it, and it really, I can relate to that too, that, that whole mentality of, what's this for? I used to have those thoughts myself when I didn't do well at math and didn't try because, or or certain topics, because I was like, well, for what to what? I've got a job lined up. I don't need a career. I don't need this. And essentially you do lose that hope. You do lose that sense to a strive. And I guess that's the whole point of learning and teaching and schooling is to want something like to, to be able to get into college or university and, and for you know, some of I think they did offer at one point an ATAR where you it's a thing here in Australia where you can get, you know, um accreditation to to be able to pursue to uni, but it was very much discouraged. It was like, we're never using this, you know you're not allowed to use this, so why would you do it? Um and I think Cassie even um Cassie Davies touched on that in her podcast about, you know, and she would be somebody that would I hundred percent believe would be a, a scholar. Like she's very intelligent and all you know the same thing where I think sh- they were um you know not not allowed to to get grades or pursue that yeah. um in the university level yeah this was well, her flip side of that was the boys would come in and they had absolutely no drive they didn't care the only thing they were there to, to do was to fill fulfill their number of hours to be there because their goal in life was to just go out and be in their daddy's business and make money um, they and had no literally. desire for knowledge. They were already had a pre-planned course and the number one goal in life was to make money. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that, that is the, that is your thought process. I can say that from my own personal experience, you did not strive. The only thing that I ever strive, like enjoyed was arts or craft or, you know, something creative, um, which, you know, was a taboo anyway, as you got older in the older years, because, the the uh, we we wanted to study art in year 12 and we were told we couldn't because you don't know the medium or the material in which you'll get in your paper and it could be a nude so i mean for heaven's sake <laughs> worries when i look back now yeah this person uh, so- talked about how that she said the girls had been brainwashed to thinking that they were less than right and that is that is really the misogynistic culture that they have right? Is the, the women are placed below. And, and it is at every single person that has reached out has said the same thing. The general consensus is that opinion of people is that women are servile in that they are there to serve. They are less than, and it's slowly in, if you think about it too, it is, it's seamlessly indoctrinated into that world, into our lives when we were back there, because even just down to meeting rooms, the very, the very small, sort of barely noticeable um the fact that mics aren't in where the the rows where the women sit it's you know that power it's like you you don't get to speak and we're showing you like it's it's those small unnoticeable things that you know take away by the time you realize it well it's you already have accepted it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so we uh, another thing that this that we've had brought through multiple teachers and um and this, this principal was um, we talk often about the the disappearing of teachers and the disappearing of people that just all of a sudden are just gone. They're, you know, 
one day they're there and the next day they're gone. And so we'd asked her like on average, what would it be? And it was, she had said on average five per month that would, would disappear, which is crazy. Students? students or teachers? Teachers. Teachers. Yeah. yeah. So, but they, uh, would, they would be let go if, um, so kids would often complain right to their parents and then those parents would come back. This is the problem we get to when we have such a tight knit society inside a school is because a lot of these CAs have kids in that school. A lot of these people, right, they're all intertwined. So it's not like going to a public school and everything's kept separate in here. Everything's together. And so she said, you know, like you, it, you did not complain about a CA's child. You just didn't. No matter what that child did, that child got away with it. Right. And if you did, you, you, she called it, you were disappeared overnight. Right. Um, (laughs) But um, another good point that she had 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 mentioned was the accreditation that people don't have to do. I mean, this principal didn't have any, she had, she did not have an admin degree. She wasn't, she didn't have the requirements to be a principal. I mean, she said she was good at it and I totally believe she was. But I mean, there was somebody else that she had mentioned that had worked there, didn't even have a college degree, had been there for five years teaching. A right? special ed teacher, a special ed teacher, yeah. special ed teachers. You think that would be a special ed, you'd have to get special education, special credit, special teaching to deal with those kinds of kids because they have learning disabilities, they have behavior disabilities, they have developmental disabilities. I mean, that usually requires at least a college degree and this person didn't even have a college degree and the reason they think that this is okay is because they teach globally right so they 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 have this belief that you know if you're not accredited in that in that state or in that province or wherever they are it doesn't matter because you're teaching globally but i mean teachers should at least have their degree right like it's just it's I mean, again, I ask you, is this really the school you want your child in? And I think, I think that too would be hard because like teachers, like I've had other people message me and say, they found out, they Googled, they found out what school they were or they've watched a TikTok. And one lady recently, she said, thank you. You saved me from a horrendous job. Like I was uh, teaching at one of these schools. And when I grew, when, when I was in year seven, I think we counted like, 13 or 14 teachers we went through that year like our school in particular the, the older kids were like we, they were a bad school like it was some of the stories that those teachers could come forward with are just next level and and that's the thing that the problem is you you're creating a society where it's enabled it's not frowned upon it's not stopped because you see those same kids at church it's the same groups it's the same bullies it's the same um toxic behavior that continues Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and you're creating a whole generation of kids that have no discipline they've never been made to mind if your teacher is a woman and you're a boy you don't have to listen to her because she's a woman you know um if your teacher complains about you well we as parents will go in and get rid of her we'll just disappear her and there's no accountability what does that teach a child yeah. And I mean, their excuse that they would say to the other teachers when they would ask is that their excuse always was, well, they moved on, which any teacher knows you don't move on to another job halfway through the year, right? Or a third way of the year or a quarter way of the year. You don't. A teacher signs up for the whole 
the whole yeah. year. You can't have that many pe that many teachers disappearing and being told, oh, they've moved on. You know that that's not true. Not true. Another thing that um, she talked about um, in the school was we're going to go into is the alcohol, right? So um, alcohol and water bottles. Like... <laughs> Seventh and, then, and eighth grade students. Yeah, seventh and eighth grade, alcohol and water bottles. And that's that has been like every second message has been not just from people that have teachers, but like you saw the one that we shared today, where she was concerned about the level of the how young they were drinking alcohol. But you've got to realize that alcohol has been was part of our growing up from the very onset, from the very moment you can sit upright in the Lord's Supper meeting. They are dipping your dummy or shoving the, the supper cup full of alcohol into your mouth. It's yeah. seamlessly integrated into your life. You, you think it's a normal part of life. And then on top of that, you've got a very misogynistic, in my opinion, approach to it where a man goes, it makes a strong man stronger and a weak man weaker. So, of course, it's like the story of the emperor's new clothes. You don't want to be seen not a, not being the strong man so you assume that you are and therefore that gives you the the necessary approval to, to drink that much or to to abuse alcohol um and it's and it's not just men like i know there are women in that separate but then it leads to things like that there was a gentleman that lived down the road from me that committed suicide um because he battled with alcohol and they didn't they don't seek professional help they don't and as much as they say they do not professional help from brethren members we're talking proper help um and proper facilities not just a old-fashioned doctor that you've been friends with forever that has techniques that they used in the early 16th century to cure somebody from alcohol because it's more than that it's the high pressure society that you're creating that leads people to drink mm -hmm. they need the advice to cope yeah yeah Hey, well, and we had that other teacher that said about the water the alcohol in the water bottles and um, she said it was so strong that when the regional director came around and um, she took him down there she said i've got this problem i do not know what to do to deal with it um if i go to a ca they'll disappear me um <coughs> i want somebody to back me up so they went down to the to the area where the backpacks are kept and the kids were outside and they proceeded to open a couple of water bottles and smell it and lo and behold, one of the students walked by and the next thing they heard, they were being accused by the students. This is a, a, a high up teacher and a regional director. They were being accused of licking and drinking out of the water bottles. Um, so no accountability at all, like no respect for the position of a regional director or a teacher. Um, just what are you doing drinking out of my water bottle? Like, Back in my days, I mean, I would have assumed we would have got suspended immediately for even thinking of bringing alcohol in the school, let alone, you know, putting it in your water bottle but, and bringing it to school. Yeah, but for them to do that would be for them to acknowledge that there is a problem and then they'd have to acknowledge from where that problem stems yeah. and that would be themselves. So, of course, they're not going Too to Too much accountability that. for them. <laughs> yeah, I asked an insider here the other day. I said, if there was one thing you would want seen change in there, what would it be? And this insider says, separation bullshit gone and the corruption. And then the next answer was, 
they need a dry out center for a lot of these drunks as well. <laughs> yeah, which it is, is it the alcohol is such a horrible, horrible problem in there. It's such a problem in there. And the sad thing is they use they use scripture to back it up and therefore mm -hmm. it's okay. Like it's, it's every second scripture is a, you know, a, a, that, that backs up their, their claims to drinking alcohol or the, the leader does it. And I think that, I think that, yeah, I think the biggest thing that they, the issue that they have in these schools and what every teacher, everybody's come across on all of our, in our inboxes is that they can't, they have no power to come in and say what needs to be changed. And even when that does happen, so, you know, that this principal, they did, they, the big guys came down to, to this, to this specific school and asked these teachers what they wanted. Right. And so I, she got, you know, the, the courage up to say, yeah, like there's too much change. There's no warning. There's no notice. There's always, there's always something changing. And they came back and said that it makes you a better educator. Right. Like it's, so the thing is, is there's just the, I, I agree. So they do have these bullying and we had asked her too about these bullet, the bullying program that was just newly implemented. Right. Mm -hmm. And it really was just a checklist. It was like, okay, here, we watched this video. Now let's make a checklist of it. It was not implemented the way that a school should have an anti-bullying program implemented, right? And I figured that that's probably what would have happened when I heard that this anti-bullying program was being implemented, that it probably was just some simple thing that they could show that, hey, yes, we're doing this. Um, and which is, it's sad. It's so sad for those people that are so horribly, horribly bullied, right? She said that there was kids that were, um, making sexual comments to the teachers, kids that were bullying and saying, my dad's the boss of your dad, right? Like it's, it's so systemic and it comes from so many avenues that for them just to pull out a video and be like, I'm going to play this video for, you know, and to say that I've implemented an anti-bullying program, it's not going to be enough. It's just not going to be enough. Yeah. No, exactly. It's it's a band-aid where the issue is the, the wound, right? The yeah. the toxic behavior they enable. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same with like moving kids around. Like I remember at school, my cousin was shifted to that school, taken off his family. Um, I know of another girl that was shifted to the school because of the alleged um, you know, abuses of her sisters. And there's just, there was so many different um, like changes with with kids and then with teachers, it didn't provide a stable environment for learning, which is what ultimately, or their reason, reasoning for having these schools or protection. Like where was the protection when I was sexually assaulted at that school? There is no protection there at all. I was bullied horrifically to the point of, I wanted to commit suicide. There is no protection. These schools do not offer protection. They harbour and enable bullies. And that just continues from generation to generation. This is not a school you'd want to send your kids to. And they try and give you examples of public schools and how terrible it was. No, I know people that go to public schools and have been and their kids go to public schools. They never have this issue. And if they do, it's reported correctly, not to a community member who deals with it how they see fit with people that have actual specific trainings or accolades to deal with this. Yeah. And she, you know, one of the things that she really pointed out was that even the CAs. So when you even go to report something of this, there's one of two scenarios where it's a CA that has a lot of power and knows it doesn't have to do anything about it. Or it's a CA that has no power and has no clout. Right. So she says it's very set up in a way that when you need to report anything about abuse, 
there's really it it either doesn't go anywhere because this person doesn't knows it he doesn't need to set it anywhere or this person doesn't have enough power to do anything it's somebody who's as meek and mild at the bottom of the totem pole and he knows that if he goes to somebody with this problem nothing's going to be done about it um she, this, she, this is so representative of the commu- wider community though like if you yeah. go and report a sexual abuse or assault to my grandma or something who or like a like a family that's lower in their society yes that person might be genuinely concerned about what happened but if somebody higher up so an example one of the hales family allegedly assaulted a groped a man who i have heard this story um so it's an opinion or alleged story um assaulted this man by grabbing grabbing him in the balls and someone very close to bruce and that person reported it. And because it was, you know, of the Hales family, they were just told it's been dealt with. You need to forgive. Like that person genuinely had a concern. Like it, it really affects your overall um, placing of, of what you thought this wholesome Christian group is. Like you, you have these people on pedestals, right? In particular, Bruce Hales or the Hales family. And so when at all any of that psyche is interrupted, it can really affect you mentally. For example, when you're abused. So when this person was assaulted, as a result, that person has battled with alcohol to date because they've never, it's never, like it's uninterrupted that balance. And this is the problem. When you're not exposed to the wider community, when you're not even given awareness about um, abuses or, or the fact that there could be abusers and it's all hidden for protection, you can really affect somebody's mental health when when they are brutally exposed to it because they're so naive or so innocent. And that contrast is really what affects people mentally and, and scars them for life. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too is that, I mean, they shouldn't have alleged pedophiles going into these schools or being at school functions. And that's happening. That's happening where, you know, they shouldn't, like that, that should just not be a situation. If you're really going to, take care of a situation especially situations that haven't been dealt with um yeah those kinds of things just shouldn't happen right if you were truly a christian community and there for the welfare of your next generation um those things you don't cure a pedophile overnight you don't cure a pedophile by sitting them in a room full of priests and being like so you did this 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 and this and the person says oh yes i did that and then and then it's all forgiven and then those people that were affected by that pedophile now have to say that they forgive him too and he gets off scot-free and turns around and another generation gets affected that's why it's so systemic is because they don't they don't they don't stop the problem they don't heal the problem you know and that's Um, what then they don't talk about it they need to speak about these things because they like my family when they when my sister was groomed. My parents don't understand that. They can't see it. They're like, no, the Lord knows. I'm like, of course he does, if that's what you want to believe, but it doesn't stop it. Yes. You need to stop these people from being in situations where they can groom children and therefore abuse them. And this is the problem. You're saying that it doesn't stop. It doesn't. No, that's right. It doesn't. It enables it. And you're if you if you know of somebody being abused or you're an abuser by proxy because you're enabling it, mm-hmm. like you aren't stopping it. And this is why we're bringing this to attention, particularly to people inside. You need to realize what you are raising your children in and what schools you're bringing them up in. And, and 
your family and friends. You can't trust everybody. And yes, you can say that you can't trust everybody out here, but we have a choice out here. We don't get a list with who we have to have for lunch on Sunday. We don't have restrictions about where or where we can't work. We don't have restrictions about where we can or can't send our kids to school. We make that choice. Yeah. And I think this kind of leads us into the the people that are associated. So we know the brethren stand by the whole scripture of withdrawing from iniquity, right? And then we have someone, and if anybody's following Facebook on our the the exclusive brethren pages there, you there's been conversation about mass Massimo in there. Massimo intervene. I don't know how you say his last name, but I just call him Massimo intervene. Give us some and, background. I don't. I don't know who he is. So explain okay, who, so who this is. Massimo is a scholar of Satanism. So and he's also um, he Wait, does a lot literally of literally known as that. Yes. So yes, he's known as that. He's known also as a cult apologist. So when you if you research him. He's, I mean, there's tons of things. So I'm going to just share a screen here on, I'm going to start with, with the books that he's written. Um, let me just get it up here first. So the reason that we're bringing his name up or the reason that we're drawing attention to him is because there's actual pictures of him being in the school, um, which so, should alarm every parent. Yeah, so we're gonna. I, I know I, I'm gonna get to those pictures, but I want to lead up to it. So here's here is a list of books that he has um, he has written. So I'm not gonna go through all of them. It's a lot of magical stuff. Um, a lot of Satanism. Um pedophilia he's done one on the plymouth brethren um sacred eroticism the church he's done Wait, one with that... go ahead sorry i was gonna say his latest book i just googled while you're doing it is the sacred eroticism tantra and sexuality in movement for spiritual integration in integration in integration sorry into the absolute <laughs> into the absolute so this this person massimo they've had at their school what giving speeches or um i i'm actually not sure what he's been doing at the school but there's pictures with him inside the school and outside of the school and if i was a parent with a child going to one of these one school globals schools i would be taking my child out of there asap no way would i allow my child to be around anybody who either teaches about this practices this um writes books about this i don't care what he's doing no way would I have a child around this. And that is from my own personal experience. Um, I'm not going to go, go, I'm not going to go into those personal experiences, but all I can say is that I haven't revealed everything that's happened to me in where Ellen took me to. And all I can say is that having pictures of Massimo in an OSG school, um, yeah, I reported it to the police. I gave all this information to the police to help him with my case. So all I can say is that I would not trust what he is doing in a school. I just wouldn't. And so you go through all of these. I'm not going to go through this. You guys can read. Um, sorry for the listeners. Just Google Massimo intervene and it'll show all his books. But it's there's the return of magic. So he's written the Church of Scientology. He's written a book on the Plymouth Brethren. So yeah. do they approve? So um well, he's, I mean, in the book, I haven't, I have not read through the whole entire book, but in the book, he is pro 
Plymouth Brethren, right? He is trying to make them look good, right? But I mean, we're talking about witchcraft, evil, and the memnick of the devil. Like he's, it's all, it's very, it's very. So reading down this, reading down this list of titles, the hypocrisy just kind of hit me. The teachers talk about the chapters that get ripped out of the school books at the school, the chapters that get ripped out because they won't allow them to be taught or the things every single book on this list would be banned from the Plymouth Brethren library. And yet this is what they're allowing to tell their story. That just seems like the hypocrisy is. And they're letting him in the school. Like you guys in the school. And not only that, not even only in the school was he here. This is from, this is from Massimo's um, website himself. Here is the picture. Here is this picture I took in the Pennsylvania home of a member of Brethren Fourth. That's kind of what we were exclusive brethren were called. Shows a genealogy from Darby. And I mean, he actually doesn't even have it right on here. He's got John Stephen Hales serving from 1922 to 2002. Um, He's got Harvey Simonton spelt wrong and it should be James Simonton. Um, but still, he was in some brethren's home and got to take a picture of this. Yet, could you imagine if we were, if we just showed up out of the blue to our parents' house after being called an apostate or writing the stuff that we're writing about or talking about what we're talking about? There's no way we'd be let in. But yet they let in this person who investigates and researches and there's pictures of him with like, in Transylvania with Dracula paraphernalia. He's the president or something. I'm, I'm reading he's like the president of some Dracula group. Yeah. Like it's just, it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um. So I guess my my whole concern when I Sorry, saw, I I'm not gonna, it took me a bit to recover from seeing what I saw because it jolted me in a way that I was like, there's, here's this man inside a school where there's small children and like with no protection. I don't know. For me, if it was me in there with, I would be showing up at the school the next day and I'd be like, I refuse to have anything to do with you. You are not allowed to have my child until this is cleaned up. That's how I would put it. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of a video. So this is one of his teachings that he does. Um, And they actually talk about his book that he wrote in this. I just have to wait for this thing to go up here. My top thing won't go up. <laughs> I can't get to my tab. There we go. Oh, this is another one of his. This is a whole thing that he did. But here's, I'm just going to play this for you. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here he is. Um, He's giving a lecture or he's teaching somewhere and i just want you guys to listen to this for a few minutes greetings uh, my name is kathy Gutierrez, and it is uh, my great honor to introduce uh, my colleague and friend massimo Intrudini, our uh, second keynote speaker uh, Masma's list of accomplishments is uh, far too long to even begin to make a dent in uh, here. So um, suffice to say that he has published more than 80 
academic books, and I have not yet found a bad one. <laughs> um, his most recent is uh, on the Plymouth Brethren. That's the first uh, monograph uh, on this group. It's a small conservative evangelical group uh, about which he's told me uh, there is nothing in common with this conference except for the fact that um, Alfred Crowley's father was a member. And I'm pleased to be able to tell you that because in a rare moment of a bad decision, uh, Oxford University Press decided to take that part out. Uh, so you'll only hear it here. <laughs> uh, so Massimo is currently uh, the director of uh, Chester, the Center uh, for the Study of New Religious uh, Religions. And he has, he's the founder um, So that has been a colossal undertaking. Sorry. That picture you showed and the sacred, what was it called? I can't remember now. Um, sacred, yeah. Looks like a glorified spiritual version of an orgy. 100%. Like, that's what like, I'm saying is this is just crazy. Like, how I just don't grasp the concept of how the people fail and come to terms with like allowing a man like this and so i've got more pictures obviously i'm going to take this a little bit further so i want to go back to alistair crawley quick so alistair crawley is um someone who's very much in the occult um sector of religion right so he's he's known to be a part of that kind of a, a group and it was alistair crawley's father who was a member of the pbcc or exclusive brethren or whatever they were back then so I want to share you some. I'm, I'm going to share you some pictures here as we go through this. Um, can you see that in a brethren school? Yeah. So here's Massimo in a one school global classroom. Here he is outside the one school campus in Sweden. Wait, where's he from? So did he do some sort of tour of all the brethren schools? I'm not sure. This is from, these are all from his, um, it was one of his, uh, it was from his website. And we've just added little labels on there of saying what it is. Um, and then this is him again with the principal of the One School Global New York campus. Here he is in lecturing an audience of Satanists about Satanism. So, like, so I wonder, was he teaching that at the Brethren Schools? I have no idea. You can only imagine what I have no idea. Like we, I don't know what went on with him inside those schools, but I, what I want to relate and have the parents from one school global understand is I want you to understand who this man is, what he represents, what he teaches, what he stands for, what he is involved in. And he was inside your school. And if I was comfortable enough telling what went on with me, in a in where a place that Ellen took me to, you would you would you would pick your children up and you would leave the PBCC tomorrow. I guarantee it. Um. So here we are. Oh, hang on, I don't need that. So I just want to blow this up a little bit. And yes, this is a little bit of um vulgar and, but I just want to show you. Here's a clip from something that he was teaching on. We need high produce high. But is that children? It looks like it doesn't. They look like children. 
Oh my God. I mean, they look like children to me. Yeah. And they just, I mean, he, he just, he should not be in the Plymouth Brethren Christian church schools or anywhere around there. I don't care if he wrote a book about them or they think that he is there and he helps, you know, clean up their image a bit. What this man teaches should be nowhere near what they believe. It's complete and utter hypocrisy. You talk about being, um, (laughs) you talk about being an apostate and being an opposer. You literally are opposing your own faith. But it's, yeah, it's, and I guess the whole point here is is the hypocrisy of all of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, so again, here he is teaching about um, uh, Crowley. So this will be Alistair Crowley. Sex magic techniques. Wow. I mean, I'm not going to yuck someone's yums, but teaching, I'd be interested to know what he was teaching in a children's school, in, in right? a brethren's well, school. Why was he in there? Why was he, why was he in the school? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guarantee you, Ben. And Carmen, if we were to show up at a OSG school tomorrow, do you think they would let us in? Not at all. No, well, they I would could not do let te- us in. I, would they let me come to schools and do teaching on, you know, finding, being okay with your sexuality and, and right? actually giving a proper, like, conversa- having a proper conversation that they should be having with kids and or with the teenagers at schools saying that, you know, like, rather than, our, our sex education at school was literally so not, not, not a sex education. It, we didn't not know anything about protection or anything, which is, you know, I, from what I've heard, you are taught in normal schools. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. it's just, it is, it is the complete and utter hypocrisy. But for me, it, my alarm bells were just ringing right off of like, I am just, you be careful. That's my, my message from my personal experiences and what I've been through is be careful, be careful with your children. You need to make sure where your children are and what um, your children are being introduced to. It is far more evil than what you find out here. Having somebody like that at a school, you will not find that out here in public schools or in Catholic schools. That is, you just won't. What you guys are introducing your children to in there is utter evilness. It's just absolutely so. I'd be, yeah, I'd be asking questions. Don't take it from our word, but ask questions. Literally ask questions. Why is he here? Go Google him. Go to a public library. Read up his whole Wikipedia. Go to his website. Um, we there's we need. To, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on him and what he what he's done and who he is really. So we're just giving you a little tip of the iceberg. But what I would suggest to you is go to a library and go and do your own research. Go research him. Watch his videos of what he teaches to other people. And it's not, it's not to say, it's not to defame him by any means. No, this not at all. Showing people, this is what this man is. And mm-hmm. this is what you're allowing in your school. Uh, but most often when, when they write a book on your religion, it's financed or partially financed or information is either given or not given mm-hmm. about your religion. If you participated in that book in any way, knowing what he, what other books he's written, I mean, it's just got question marks written all over yeah. it. I mean, he's written it, a book about the Mormons, um, Jehovah Witnesses, Scientology, right? So he is known as a, a cult apologist. And I don't have an issue. I don't care. I don't have an issue with what Massimo does. 
I have an issue with what he does and who he is being inside a mainstream Christian church saying and then treating us the way that they treat us and not following up when they should be following up on certain things. It's just the hypocrisy of it and the safety of the children that would concern me from my own personal experiences. So we're just going to, we're going to slide over to our next thing. Um, so our next yeah, um, really subject, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just looking at his books, it's really interesting that in 2018, he wrote the Plymouth Brethren book. I was wondering if he had been going around to schools to, as a welcoming, you know, they brought him in to have a look at the society so we could write this book based on, you know, what they show him. But it doesn't, because she was saying it's his latest book. His latest book is a sacred eroticism. So it's about tantra yeah. and sexuality. So it's not. Yeah, and that video but, was yeah. from that video was from from quite a few years back, right? Like it, it's not. Okay, it's my, not it might have been that's what he's doing, but yeah, interesting. I, but the, it's the point too that it's the hypocrisy. Yeah, completely. It's, a, it's totally is the hypocrisy that they yeah. are not. They are not who they say they are, right? Your your actions do not align with your words. Your actions do not align with um, the spokesperson's comments to certain journalists and reporters when you give them to them they don't align you're not aligned the beliefs are not aligning with what you're showing everybody else no there's no separation from evil you brought you brought you didn't separate from it you brought it in well we've seen that purely too with people that are convicted pedophiles or rapists that or alleged and are just allowed to live mainstream within the within the religion still and people just have to accept that, well, the Lord has forgiven his sins, so you have to as well. Yeah. And I mean, even just going back to what their actions not lining up, you think of the the spokesperson um, on the one article that was written about you, Ben, the big, long rebuttal that they gave back. Um, I don't know if you have that. Handy, yeah, I but... haven't shared that, but I've got a full copy. The journalist gave me a full copy of their rebuttal. And yeah, it's just the the the... <laughs> issue that they kept focusing on was that they are not a cult they didn't even address the fact that they're homophobic because they know they are yeah so our next um thing that we want to talk about today is has to do with the um car crash that happened in australia and how the pbcc reported it in their frank news so um we know that we had news coverage over it and then Frank News reported it inside there. And we just want to show you the difference so that you're caught up to speed and you get the full story. So I'm going to and just... And outside of listening, Frank News is the Brethren's version of the world's events filtered, basically, like communist news to show you what's happening outside, but what they want you to know. And here's an example. Okay, so first of all, this is the actually Carmen, I'm gonna let you take this over because you really know about this. And well, just the one on the left hand side is the the story that Frank News modeled their story after. Now, one thing that we found out after we pulled this off and we were really alarmed about the editing of the news. Um Frank News is a subscription news service that is um, the the Plymouth Brethren members can apply for and pay for. Um, it comes with a price. You have to pay for it. And they, they supply you with your morning news or your noontime news or your evening news. 
Um, but what they're doing is they're taking the AAP news and then they're editing it um, to fit their own needs, I would I would assume. Um, and at first we were a little concerned, like, why would you edit somebody's news? But what we've been told is they must have a subscription to the AAP. Um, so therefore they can take it and change the picture and change the news and change the order of stuff legally without getting into trouble. So we did figure that out. But this particular news story, um, it came out after that accident in Wangaratta. And the only reason it was brought to our attention was because the the real news story was posted on the ex-brethren Facebook site. And then when the Frank news came out, um, the kind insider that brought it to our attention printed off the Frank news version and set it beside the one that was posted on Facebook and went, wait, this tells a completely different story. And when you set the two of them side by side, what you'll figure out is there's a number of um, lines in the news article that have been removed. Yes, And it paints a completely different story when you start removing certain details from a news story. Okay. So, and, and, and to make things, we wanted to say about this, where they got this, they got this picture from another article and then just zoomed in. So, I mean, yes, they might have permission to do this, but we just want to show that how, how they are really not, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're well, not. They're, they're, essentially, essentially they're controlling the narrative. They're yes, telling exactly. you right. exactly. Exactly. exactly what they want you to know. And right. have you got the next part? And here, here's. Okay. So just hang on a second. Okay, so here's here is the real news article, and this is the what they presented. So, um, Carmen, I you you've got a version that you can read because I can't read that tiny. So I'll let you read but what the difference was. If you notice on the one on the left hand side, there's a number of things that have been highlighted in yellow marker. Yeah, the ones in the yellow marker have been completely removed from the Frank News article. And you say, well, they probably did that to keep it shorter or whatever excuse might come out. But what we actually noticed is when you zone in on the things that have been removed, the accident in Wangaratta, as we know, um, there was alcohol as a factor um, and the driver was kept under police guard from the moment that the accident happened until his court case the next day and he was let go. But what's been conveniently left out of the Brethren version is a statement that says a driver under police guard is in the hospital and will face court. <laughs> Nowhere in the Frank News version is that statement. It has been removed. The second one that has been removed that's very important to the Wangaratta accident situation is he has been charged with culpable driving, causing death, dangerous driving, causing death and negligent driving, causing serious injury and also issued a notice of immediate driving ban. <laughs> Makes yeah. you wonder, right. what but do just, you accomplish it... by taking out the actual reason for the accident. 
And then if you look over there, is this talking about the same accident? They've said a 26-year-old woman has been charged. So they're, they've cleverly, creatively edited the article to make it sound like the woman, of course it was yes. a woman, was responsible <laughs> when in fact it was the the guy that was drinking, the brethren guy that was drinking and driving recklessly and charged. Yeah. So it's and so right. what what they So did- by taking those two very important statements out, okay, the ones that put the brethren driver as responsible, by taking those two out, you shoot up that line about a 26-year-old woman who was charged with causing death or dangerous driving after her car collided with a white MG. It makes the story appear as though it was that woman's fault. And it was just by yeah. clever editing. Remove those two statements. And it was just cleverly controlled the narrative and changed the whole story. These are actually and- all the accidents that happened that weekend. And what when you it was the insiders when they got this, they were like, Well, no, it was it was like it was a 26-year-old woman's fault. Like it that's literally what they believe. They don't believe that what happened happened. They believe by reading this that it was a 26-year-old woman who was erratically driving and caused it. And this is something you read about in history books, like about Hitler's time and and the mixed medias and and the clever creative. Um, newspapers that he controlled or in in Stalin's era where there was no murder in Russia because Russia is paradise. This is yet another example of people controlling the narrative to create a big, a a different picture without saying it, but alluding to it. Yes, exactly. And doing it within the confines of the law because you subscribe to AAP news, you can like, you're legally allowed to do it um, to control the narrative. It's brainwashing. It's just another form of brainwashing. So for us, we just yeah. wanted to point out why going in going into the OSG, like that one school global stuff and the talk about the alcohol and um the you know, nobody taking accountability and not teaching accountability, right? Here is another example of where they go in and they do their editing where accountability is not taken, where there is no accountability being shown, right? Like it's just wait, wait. We're seeing the results of no accountability from those school school incidences that have led to an adult making a reckless decision, and then an an alcohol infused accident. Like it's it's we're seeing the results of no accountability. We're yes. seeing the results. That's of why we wanted to bring this up today. Yeah, exactly. Like this is what happens, right? Like it's just, and I mean, I feel awful. I mean, I feel awful for this situation because they are, again, it's a product of the environment. It's a product of the teachings. It's the product of the systemic problems that they have in there where nobody takes, nobody's dealing with what needs to be dealt with. It's just always this constant cover up, cover up, cover up. How do we, how do we cover this up? How do we make it look better? Instead of being like, let's just go in and be like, yes, this person has an alcohol problem. This person's a pedophile. This person's doing this. Just go in and look at everything black and white. And just deal with the situation. And then all of a sudden, you know, that gives a chance for this this cult to become a mainstream Christian church once again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really important what we've covered today is, is really don't take our word for it. We've shown you examples. Do your own research. Question yeah. things. And if you need a scripture yeah. for it, there's one about come let us reason together where Jehovah was like, come let us reason together. Go reason. Ask them. It's the safety of your children that are at risk here because look what happens when 
we've seen from the outset of alcohol in schools, teachers complaining to an adult, reckless driving. And, you know, this happens out here, but we're, the, it's a common denominator in there. there. There always is and has been the butt of most issues, whether it's abuse or violence or driving or accidents. It always seems to tie back to alcohol. Yeah, There is a toxic yeah. culture in the brethren that needs addressing. Yeah, yeah they have. I mean, it's like you can you can bring it down to two two addictions, right? There's sex addiction and there's alcohol addiction. Let's make it three and power. And power, one hundred. Well, power power encompasses it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? Like it is, it is. And I mean, when you put that kind of power on people, those kinds of addictions become rampant. Yeah, and yeah. enables. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But anyhow, we wanted to give you all a update and um, really address what kind of safety and what kind of life you want for your children. And um, I, my suggestion is go to a library, um, Google, obviously you're not going to be able to do it off your UPT phones, but go Google, Google, Google this stuff. And if you're not comfortable with that, talk to friends that you trust outside, that you 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 know a good neighbor, you know another good Christian woman down the road. Not us. Like ask, you know, ask other people, you know, is this normal? Is this the way my child is being raised? Is this normal? No, it's not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. And until next time, take care. Stay everyone. tuned. Much love to you all. If you are in a high-demand religious group and need help, please go to alloflief.network. To share your story or be a guest on the show, email info.getalife at proton.me. Please remember to like this video, subscribe to get a life and comment.